Hey, doctor. Hey, <laughs> doctor. Hey, doctor. Okay, must be getting older. Can't even think of your name. <laughs> you know, I love. I love it when my clients call me doc. I just think it is so cool. I have a couple people that say me. It's it's kind of intimate, you know. Right. Because it's like it's jovial and and it just lets me know that they feel comfortable with me. Yes. And uh, today's show with Mike Katoya was amazing. Yes, yes. And it was, for me, exactly what I needed. I had such a uh, stressful, serious day. And I um, actually just got in the office like 20 minutes before the show um, and had to do another little interview. Yeah, so this was like the laughter was great. Oh, for sure. I mean, and his whole temperament and his whole style, I can see that the funnyshrinkuniversity.com, that that is going to what? That is going to do just great. People need to laugh. Yes. You know, professionals, whether you're a mental health care professional or just like an average Joe walking around trying to navigate this world right now. Definitely. And then what was interesting about him is that um, he wasn't a perfect, he's not a perfect, like, you know, this is the ideal of what a professional looks like or what a comedian looks like or what a social worker looks like, you know, and he's questioning it. And he was also very vulnerable to say, you know, hey, I get those negative thoughts too, even though he's been funny all of his life. And what does he do with them? He sits on them. (laughs) Yeah, he said, I'm going to sit on those negative thoughts. (laughs) Well, we all have them. You know, he had mentioned in the show about the imposter syndrome. And here's this person who is very successful in his life that has felt, okay, I'm an imposter. And for those of you that are listening, the imposter syndrome is when you get to a certain point in your life, let's say you get to college and you're like, oh, I hope they don't find out I'm not supposed to be here. And then you get to graduate school. I hope they find out I'm not supposed to be here. And the next thing you know, you're teaching the class and feel like, now I really hope somebody doesn't know I'm supposed to be here. Right, and amen, I've been there. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And you are, wherever you're at, those of you that are listening, and Dr. Kelly and myself, I just want to say you're not an imposter. Wherever you're at, the person hired you, the person married you. So just step up and be that person. Right. Believe it. Don't don't believe those negative thoughts. Right. And just to even tie it to this week, you know where the imposter comes from. No, where? I believe even this is like Holy Week. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So the imposter comes from, I believe, and this is my faith here, that it's the evil one trying to stop us from doing good, from moving forward. You know what I'm saying? From being the best we can be. Because it, it, it sits there and it says, hey, you're not good enough. You're not this. You're not this. There's a scripture that says that he is the deceiver of the brethren. Mm. He's a deceiver, and he wants you to believe those lies that are not truths. Because, of course, cognitive behavioral therapy is based on Scripture, too. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right. Or so is she. Right. Those thoughts will become actions. Don't believe the lies. Right, right. And I'm glad that we're talking about how we can use humor to flush those things away. Yeah, to laugh and keep moving. Speaking of humor and Holy Week, I know they don't normally, you wouldn't (laughs) think that they would merge. But But they both stop with an H. They both start with an H. You know, uh, I was at a conference last weekend, and one of the speakers, he talked about how when Peter cut off the guard's ear in the Gethsemane, when they came to arrest Jesus and take him into, you know, arrest him, right? Right. And he said, you know, Peter lost his temper, and he just took his sword, and he just cut off one of the, the guard's ears. Right. 
And then Jesus like said, whoa, or whatever he said, maybe he didn't say, whoa, but he picked up the ear and he healed it. Um, and so I just kind of thought that yeah, I would have laughed. I truly, I would have been there. I'd have been like, if I was one of the disciples, I would have laughed and said, Peter, really? <laughs> you know, it just was like, it just was so hairy carry and yes. that whole scene. Yes. Um, but it is Holy Week and we do have an enemy that is very alive and well trying to get us to believe lies. What is Holy Week for you? What does Good Friday mean to you, Dr. April? So Good Friday, um, which is probably one of my favorite days. Um, it talks about carrying the cross. And I'm a strong believer that we all have crosses we carry. Just like Jesus carried the cross, we fall sometime. And I've carried my cross and fallen a few times. More, yeah, more than the three times he fallen. And what's also interesting in, in, in that whole story is that uh, with Jesus, it was actually a stranger that helped him carry the cross. So I see that a lot in what I do as a therapist, mm. that I help other people carry the cross. And the other part that's really also interesting in that story is that when he was carrying the cross, there was his mother on the side. Yes. And to watch a loved one struggle, and it's not your job to go and take that away. It's really, really hard. So for all those parents who are out there and their kids, or you have a husband or wife, you've done your best, but it's, it's not, it's got to be someone else that comes in. Yep, they, somebody else, a new voice, they yeah. say in marketing. You know, you're like, I've been saying this over and over, and then somebody new says it, and then they're listening. But, you know, going back to what you were saying, it is hard to see somebody struggle right. that you love. And right. I can't even imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, and how she felt seeing him with his face beyond being recognizable. Right, but right, her baby. that was her son. Yeah. Yes. And that, that all she could do was sit on the side and pray. I'm not a mother, but that that visual just moves me. Mm -hmm. And the thought that the cross was being carried by, for me, it's a sinless Savior. He was right. a holy, sinless Savior. Right. And I'm so grateful for that. But what a sad, like a, a day for the disciples right. who are like, what? I thought that you were going to, and they couldn't get it. He had to keep telling them. Right. And then they had that last supper together mm. what could be more intimate than sharing a meal specifically back then right when meals were scarce and here's this woman who comes and remember mary magdalene she took the bottle of perfume and washed his feet with this yes she poured oil. all she poured it all over his body yes and people are like wow why, why would she take that expensive perfume and pour and he's like you guys don't even know what she's doing she's preparing my body wow you know, I went to a Bible study on Tuesday this week, and they talked about the tomb and how the body was wrapped. And they gave everybody at this Bible study a napkin. So there at the Bible study, I looked down, there's a napkin. And they showed, they said that in the Hebrew culture, that they would wrap their bodies up so, and then like embalm them practically, and right. then put resin on there. But when Jesus was raised again on that third day and he came out, the, the sackcloth, the cloths were all aside. But the one that was over his face was folded up neatly at the head. Mm -hmm. And they said that in the Hebrew culture, when you're done eating, you throw that down. And then the servant knows that you're done eating. They wouldn't dare touch the table or the meal unless the person was done eating. But if they fold it up neatly and set it down that means I'm leaving and I will come back. Mm. So get this image of 
Jesus, who there was embalmed and on the third day rose again, and there at the head, the linen that was covering his face was folded neatly, saying, I will come back. So that's, that's like, to me, you know, just, I just learned that of all the things this week. So I just love the intimacy of being able to share with you, Dr. April, what I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, We may believe differently in some things. And for those of you that do believe something different than somebody else, some people, some cultures and some uh, religions don't even celebrate birthdays or other types of holidays, but you can still have a relationship with people, even if they believe differently than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just being authentic and being there and in presence with them. Because even um, since you're talking about the Last Supper, Jesus even had Judas there. Yes. He, you know, didn't believe everything that Judas believed, but he shared a meal with them, an intimate meal. And he knew, he knew in his omniscience that he was going to betray him. Right, yes. That is something. I mean, how could you, I mean, if you knew that your friend was going to betray you to have an intimate meal like that. Right. But what, let's talk about the uh, the Last Supper a little bit and that visual of his friendship with John. Mm-hmm. Who was laying his head on the breast of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Oh. What a visual. Right. And that closeness. Throughout the gospel, Jesus was a very funny guy. And as we were talking about humor, humor and laughter, you know, and I, and I love how he put it. I forgot how he said that. He, was it laughter is the closest space between people or something like that? How might put it? I think it like, was like he, it will close the, it brings you closer. closer. Like, yeah, I can't remember how he worded it, but just that image of that laugh, the way it sounded was this. It was like, you know what? Laughter bridges. Mm-hmm. It is a bridge, even among cultures. Right. They say that when you're learning a new language, that once you can get somebody to laugh in that language or you get their humor, then you know the language. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yes. That's what they say with people that are learning new languages. When you get the humor and they get your humor, then you know the language. Yes. Wow. Because it is intimate and it's not even a language. Right. Definitely. Yes, yes. So tomorrow is um, Good Friday, and we are going to have on Clubhouse, go into this more about um, the passion and how intimate it was. Yes, yes, so indeed. Think, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for today. Oh, you're welcome. Just, I'm so grateful. I needed that. Yes, I know I, you did. I mean, I knew that it was going to be humor and healthcare, but I wondered how it would pair. Right. Like, okay, red wine with red meat, get it. Yes. But humor and healthcare, mental healthcare, yes. I couldn't see how they fit. Right. And by five minutes in, I was just like, Yeah, drinking I got the Kool Aid. Yes. Yeah, I was drinking the Kool Aid. I was like, Wow, this makes sense. And it makes me want to use humor a lot more in my sessions. Oh, same here. Definitely. Yes. All right. So ha- happy Easter. Happy Easter, and I'll see you next time. You take All care. Right. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye.